Blog Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. I'm not sure what's happening. I think uh, Ginny must be having some technical problems. So, my apologies for that blank space. Oh, I had a mute. Are problem. you with us? Oh, okay. Well, I'll turn it over to you then. Turn it over to me. All right. So we welcome you to the show. This is um, Tuesday, August the ninth, 2016, and our call-in number is six four six two hundred. Four one six nine. Press one, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. Welcome back, Michael. Thank you, dear heart, and welcome everybody. We're honored once again that you choose to come and play with us each day that you do, from one till two o'clock Eastern time. We happen to be in Central time right now, so it's noon until one. We are, if you've been listening recently, back at Heartland, uh, getting ready for our intensive season, rocking along with food, fun, forgiveness, and work, and getting lots of things uh, handled on the property. I'm actually sitting, drilling a hole in a, a holder for a light for our sprouters. So we've got uh, a little more automatic light on this just awesome the, the variety last night, everybody was just kind of blown away because basically what we did is we just took a tray of sprouts and put some dressing on it for dinner. Everybody was like, whoa, what an energy. How cool is this? And, of course, we had several other things to go along with it. But uh, pretty awesome, this little automatic sprout machine. I uh, I wait for the day that um, we find somebody who's uh, who's ready to, uh, to jump in and take on the task of building these and uh, – they are going to be, I believe, especially with what's going on in the, the insane food world, uh, I think they're going to be the uh, the thing of the future because uh, people are going to, in order to know what they're eating, they're going to have to grow their own. And so we've, uh, we have a, a sprout machine called a, called a Heartland Auto Sprouter. If you go to our website, you can have a look at it. And it's a four-tray device that um, it grows about five pounds of sprouts every other day and actually Ari's been experimenting with it and has found a way using peroxide we use peroxide and ozone with it and uh, it's actually growing I think he he's grew three trays in three days so 15 pounds of sprouts in three days and that's a lot of food and uh, some pretty awesome food in terms of nutritional content and and purity, you know, organic seeds, and knowing what you're actually eating, and uh, better than any lettuces you could ever buy from a store, perhaps not better than what you grow in the ground if you had your own organic garden, but uh, I think with the fact that the government's getting ready to outlaw labeling of uh, countries where food is sourced, you know, when I when I think about just about every grocery store we go into, uh, we are being sold food from countries we wouldn't drink the water in but we're eating the food watered by that water we wouldn't drink in and, you know, you know it, we wouldn't drink. And it's just it's kind of crazy. And sadly, what it's doing to the American farmer, it's almost like the game is to gut American business, you know. I understand one of the large chicken producers just got permission from Congress to export uh, all of its chicken to, you know, to grow the chickens here, kill them, put them on a boat to, uh, to China, and have them processed in China and then sent back here. And it's going to eliminate about 70,000 jobs. You know, how crazy is this? What are we doing to ourselves? Anyway, so uh, Heartland Autospot is quite a, quite a device, and I think it's got quite a future. And uh, somebody out there is uh, mechanically inclined, and you know, it's, a small, it's a small company that we bought in order to uh, create a, a cottage industry here at Heartland to support people who want to do this work. So it's a... Pretty pretty awesome device. Beyond that, of course, the whole game is about forgiveness and that 
process of touching into the deeper parts of yourself and and creating the space and the time for quiet. It was uh, interesting last night. We uh, we brought out the quote which we've used several times from Carl Jung, who says, "Those who look without dream." And I don't know if Jung had a full understanding of what he was saying with that, but when you realize that your mind generates the world of pictures that you see and paints them on the inside of your eyeballs, our sleeping life comes from the same place as the average person's awake life, so-called awake. We're looking at pictures on the inside of our eyeballs. We think we're actually looking out in the world, but it's not true. And, you know, of course, we've been teaching that for decades. Recently came across a quote from the CIA website where they're saying, quite literally exactly the same thing, that the mind does not record reality, it generates it. So, literally, if we're looking at a world of bodies and things out there, we're stuck in a dream. And the dream comes from what moves and fires within us. And then he says, those who look within awaken. And it's interesting that uh, many people never allow themselves the space to awaken. They anesthetize themselves, sugar, caffeine, nicotine, alcohol, pot, pharmaceuticals, you know, drugs of all kinds, sugar, junk food. And then they keep the noise blaring. Ginny and I were in a restaurant. We were going through a small town in Florida on our way back here and stopped at a restaurant. And uh, I, I don't remember, was it? We counted, I believe it was six TVs going within view of where we were sitting, all on different channels, and music playing, piped in in the background. All designed to keep unconsciousness, to keep brain cells firing, to keep people from really looking within. And uh, after talking about that last night, I was actually working with someone this morning from the intensive or from the, the Food Fund Forgiveness and Work Program. And um, as he started to breathe a little bit and touch into some physical pain, it was interesting. It was physical pain in an area of his back. And I explained Dr. Sarno's uh, input that back pain is unconscious rage. And as he started to look and touch into some childhood things, it was interesting because this pain has been there for some time in a very specific area of his back. And all of a sudden, once we start to talk about what happened in his childhood and looking at some of those issues, all of a sudden the pain extends out from his back to his stomach, and he's got all this stomach pain going on. And then about 10 minutes later, quite literally that which had been locked in a part of his back moved about two inches up his spine. <laughs> you know, at that point, you've got to know this isn't a disc problem or a vertebrae problem or a nerve problem. This is an energy problem. And until we start to look within, and it took, you know, that was about 45 minutes, until we really start to look within and start to investigate what are the energetic dynamics that control the chemistry of my cell, you know, if you go to the opening words in the book of John where we're told it says, in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh, not what it says at all. It says, in the beginning was the mind energy and the mind energy became flesh. Literally, when you think a thought, according to cell biologists today, you produce a molecule. The molecule, called a neuropeptide, it's the non-physical thought becoming a so-called physical molecule, circulates around in its such structure, in your structure until it finds a cell with a receptor site that matches, attaches itself to the cell and inserts itself in the cell and shows up in the cell as chemistry. And you can't correct things on a chemical level because they're not caused on a chemical level. But people can become very confused because they look at an effect world and think the effect world is cause. And of course, if you think the effect world is cause and what is really cause is what you're doing with mind energy, and you base your mind energy on the effect world, then that effect which you think about becomes the mind energy that produces the result. And you're right, the effect world becomes cause. But it isn't cause because it's cause. It's cause because we're unconscious of how to take charge of cause in our lives. 
you know, the, uh, the structure set up, and it, it tries to warn us over and over and over again when we're off base. That's all that pain is. Pain is just a signal that there is mind energy somewhere in the structure that does not belong in the structure. You know, the creator created a device that warns us when we're off base. And we've subverted that. And when, when the average person's in pain in this culture, they get into the thought system of how somebody else caused their pain and it's all their fault. And if only they changed, then I'd be different. And we talked yesterday a little bit with Michelle about the subtlety of blame. And you may never say the words, you did this to me, you're to blame for this, but if you hold the subtle mind energy that if you'd be different, my life would be okay, what you're telling yourself is that something out there is the cause of something in here. The more you tell yourself, you know, my child may be mad, my spouse hurt me, my parents you know, disturbed me. That situation in the world really upset me. I'm really in pain over what happened to those people. That's a state of denial. And denial causes energetic dissociation. You hide the energy that is cause when you ascribe cause to something outside of you because your mind's job is to obey you. And if you say to your mind, mind, you know, it's like imagine you're giving a set of instructions. You have a device that's designed to paint pictures and, and show you what energies are involved in something. And when you say to the mind, mind, they made me mad. The instruction is going to the evidential mind where trillions of bits of information are stored and firing. The instruction set that goes in that case is, mind, uh, excuse me, I want nothing to do with the truth here. Show me a picture world that proves to me that they're the res responsible for my pain. And now my mind hallucinates the whole world. Wherever there is hostility or fear, there is nothing but hallucination. And so when I'm willing to start to look within and I'm willing to start to touch into what's under what's under, then I can start to truly make changes on the cause level. And instead of being stuck in the dream, as Carl Jung said, those who look without dream, they were in a picture world that's just a dream. You know, have you ever had anybody dream the same dream of you over and over and over again, even though you've changed dramatically? Or have you ever had somebody who's had a dream about you, i.e. they stand there to your face and tell you how you did this and that and that, and you never did it, it never happened. They're in a dream. Hostility and fear is a signal that we're in a dream. Wherever you're in hostility or fear, your system is warning you that your thought structure is off base. It's not telling you that somebody else is the problem in your life. But until we can take responsibility and reach into those parts of our minds that hold cause and begin to shift things on that level, and that's what the first century Aramaic forgiveness process is about, then we're going to tend to be stuck in the dream. When we start to look within, we're going to find things that, you know, as I was working with this gentleman this morning, you know, not very pleasant, not very nice. Gee, what happened? Went right back to birth. It's interesting. He touched in on another level to an issue that opened two years ago when he was here at Heartland. And it was, it was really quite interesting, you know, when you realize that the physicist is correct, that every molecule in the universe is in continuous communication with every other molecule in the universe. And the, the proof of that is so powerful. We're on my deck in Theodosia, Missouri, doing some work. And what happened for this gentleman is he touched into being a prematurely born baby and being put in an incubator where he was only touched with rubber gloves, was scary, all these crying babies around, and he went back to that memory. And he's about 50. He's got an older sister. And literally in the middle of that session, his cell phone rang. He had accidentally had it in his pocket. We didn't answer it. But when he went back to answer it, it was his older sister. And guess what she was calling about? He and his sister, he's about 50, have not had a conversation about what happened around his birth 
ever in their lives. He was in the hospital for two weeks, and his mother stayed in the hospital with him for those two weeks. And the message on his cell phone as he was working through this in Theodosia, Missouri, was from his sister in New York, or pardon me, in Chicago. And the message from his sister was how angry she was. I mean, this is just out of the blue. Fifty years, no conversation about what happened in his birth, but how angry she was that when he was born, he stayed in the hospital and mom stayed in the hospital and he kept mother away from her. Continuous communication. When you realize and you tie that in with the ancient Aramaic meaning of the word Ruka de Kutcha, Ruka de Kutcha in Aramaic speaks of, and it comes from the first century teachings of Yeshua, a literal feminine elemental force in us that undoes the effects of our errors and teaches us the truth. So here he is, I don't know, 600 miles away from Chicago. And literally to the second that he's dealing with this and talking to me about being in the incubator and how isolated he felt, how he's laying in his own waists and they touch him with rubber gloves, his sister's on the phone complaining about how he kept his mother away for that two weeks he was in the hospital. There's so much more going on than meets the eye if we'll just wake up to it. And to give ourselves the space and the time to break off from the world of noise, to break off from the world of stimulus. You know, you sit in the restaurant, six TVs blaring, music piped in, conversation noise around you, there's no way to tap into the subtler energies within you. You've got to create yourself the space for something other than busyness and the space for some quietness where you can actually begin to listen to the conversations that come from what's stored in your structure and in your genes and to develop the eyes to see and the ears to understand that and to engage in the process of forgiveness, which is the process of undoing that, becomes key. And that's what we're here to enhance an understanding of and support people on the planet doing. So we're honored and delighted that you're here to do it with us. And uh, Jeannie, is Dr. Tim with us? He is, and he's on. Awesome. Young man, how do you be, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm following the intro and completely spaced out on what I was going to share today. So it was. It's always lovely cool. to hear another example of. Well, it's always a, a, you know good to hear another example of the kind of thing that if you work with this, these kinds of tools on a fairly regular basis, and I don't mean frequent but regular one of those events will happen i'll run into somebody who is really willing to work and the kind of event you're talking about where what young would call synchronicity evidence of the synchronicity pops up and we're amazed by it and the only reason we're truly amazed by it ties into what you were saying here at the end. If we don't ever slow down and learn to tune into it, we miss, you know, hundreds of thousands of these um, events that would demonstrate synchronicity to us, but we're just not paying attention. We're so distracted and wrapped up in other things and focused on the outside world that we miss evidence that everything is connected. As you say, every molecule in the universe is connected to every other molecule in the universe. And I've, you know, I've enjoyed the stories you've told. I remember several in my working with people that when they're willing to see what's happening and they're not 
blaming, they're in acceptance and observation, more and more they see that. And they're just amazed that the more they do this work, the more those things happen. And what I try to point out to them is those things have always been happening in my life. It's it's only my inability to slow down and see them that makes me think they haven't been happening. So... So the interior focus, that's that's critical and important. I think, you know, sometimes on the show you ask me, so what's a pattern or a theme in, in your work today? And so far the pattern was um, related to the idea that it's so easy to get caught up in blame. And so I had somebody here who's been talking about how useful the work is how much progress they've made. And then they launched into, but you wouldn't believe what this person did this week. And so I stopped and I refocused, had them come back to look at themselves, and they said, oh, yeah, you're right. And three or four sentences later, but now wait a minute, I just remembered this I had to tell you about this other person. And so for at least the first first half of the session, I spent my time trying to get the person to take a breath and focus on themselves again. And then finally, near the end of the session, it came out that one of the hooks, one of the the things that was hooking this person into getting continually triggered had to do with them not yet dismantling the upset they have at themselves for acting in a similar fashion in the past. And so we blended in the codependence to interdependence process about, okay, so what's the advice you would have for this person who's doing this horrible thing or exhibiting this despicable trait? Well, how can you apply that to yourself and how can you go into your mind's energy system and remove the negative judgments against yourself for having done that thing in the past? And... And there's the path to liberty. There's a way I can actually focus on something that I have control over, that I can make a change in, and make my life better as a result. I can unpack some of the trunks that are in Pandora's box and literally have less to carry around and literally have fewer or smaller bags of garbage for people to step on in my next interaction with them. And it's a process, and the person wanted to keep saying how hard it is. And I said, well, you know, let's let's look at that instead of being hard. Let's just look at how much momentum you have and how many decades of conditioning you had from both of your parents who were like that and drilled that into you. So let's just say I need to be vigilant for as long as I'm alive, knowing that this old habit pattern that I've reactivated so many times can get such momentum going if I reactivate it at the beginning of a day and and have it going all day long that it's not so easy to stop once it's got that momentum. And yet, if I take a breath, if I break the pattern, if I focus on myself, if I choose a different pattern of thought and response, a whole different experience is possible. So that was my offering for today. Awesome. Awesome. One of the things that you stimulate with that is, you know, when we've talked about this before, but the uh, when the uh, Laws of Living class is going to be offered in Ionia Prison, where these guys are in prison cells uh, for 23 hours a day, unless they have a, a job in the infirmary or something, they might get out for a couple of hours. But otherwise, they're in their rooms for 23 hours a day, and in order to Engage in order to participate in laws of living, they were required to do today over the period of the introductory eight weeks, and that was kind of like their admission ticket. And to a man being in their cells 23 hours a day, their excuse for not doing five worksheets today was they were too busy. So it's just you know, it's pretty amazing how this. Uh, 
this mind can trick us into all sorts of things that that keep us locked out of the truth of who we are and what's really possible for us as human beings. Well, it's definitely uh, pretty awesome to to have the tools and to move in other directions. Anything else on your mind today, sir? That's it for me. Cool. Well, then, let's uh, get Jeannie to check and see if we've got anybody in the uh, chat room with anything for us or if uh, if there's anything in the uh, phone queue. Can we have a hand up in the phone queue? We do have a hand Jeannie? up. It's area code. We do have a hand up. It's area code 808. You're on the air. Who do we have? 808, you're on the air. Give us a name. Well, hey there, young lady. How are you? (laughs) Hi. I don't know if you were on the show yesterday, but our deepest thanks for those notes. That was awesome. Yes, yes, I was on the show. You're welcome. And I I went and looked at them. It's so interesting to see them printed out. (laughs) You're most welcome. It was, yeah, it was interesting that I've been taking notes all this time. (laughs) Well, I'm calling... uh, as I say, the fact that we have so many plates spinning and keeping up with things is often a challenge. So if anybody uh, has listened to or listens to any one of the shows that doesn't have notes when you go to download it, and I think we've got you know, upwards of 1,700 hours now, we would appreciate it. If as you're listening, you keep a set of notes. They don't have to be overly detailed, but just that'll give people an idea what's this show about, and then anybody who's looking through the archive go, oh, there's my issue. So, muchas gracias. Well, thanks for your thanks. <laughs> You're welcome for your yeah. welcome. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm uh, I'm dealing with the issue of suicide of people that I love, and I did a worksheet on it before I went to sleep last night, and and <clears throat> it cleared, and I was reconnected to the. Space of love. Hello? Hello? You got me. Oh. Did you hear me? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, you. So what happened? What happened? Uh, oh. Well, I just have a... It's a sore spot in me. And, uh, and a friend of mine... Uh, it just sort of disappeared off the radar screen five days ago, and uh, uh, and then I I went to see uh, um, my ex ex, whom you knew yesterday, and uh, that's been a constant threat of suicide. That, that's actually. Yeah. The reason I ended up ended up with that person was because of the threat of suicide in the very beginning, mm-hmm. uh, even though I, I knew at the time that it wasn't the right relationship for me. But I, I'm just vulnerable. I, my father had cancer, was operated on. It grew back, so he killed himself. So, you know, I that kind of suicide makes sense to me. But And um, the person whom you know uh, explains that uh, suicide shows up to him as as uh, the, because the pain is so bad, you know. But, I mean, he was in the same class with me 27 years ago and learned how to do the worksheet, but never did I ever see him do a worksheet. And I sometimes wonder if maybe men have a problem, an ego problem with doing worksheets. Have you ever noticed that? Well, what, I, what I've noticed is people... Yeah. Have an ego problem with doing worksheets. Not men, <laughs> not women, just people. Just Everybody. People. I mean, you know, I remember one woman. There's a woman who came to Heartland probably oh six times over a period of ten years, and she loved mind shifters. She loved the still point breathing. She would not do a worksheet. She lived in South. So we speak a lot there, and she had um, probably been through the Why Is This Happening to Me Again workshop at least twenty times. 
We were actually staying at her house. This goes back three or four years now. We were staying at her house, and she came to the workshop we did at CSL in Fort Lauderdale. And it was the first time. So this woman's now been, I guess she's getting close to 15 years involvement in the work, and she does a worksheet. About two weeks later, she texts me and says, Michael, these worksheets are my best friend. I can tell this worksheet things I don't even admit to myself. This is awesome. And it became her favorite tool. So, you know, uh, when I I realize, I I have another perspective on it, and that is that when you realize that what we're asking people to do is to peel back the veil of their temple, to open Pandora's box and look at what's in there. And when you realize that in 30 generations there are 1.7 billion lives and, you know, start thinking about the insanity that's gone on on the planet and what we're asking people to look at, I understand why there's resistance to it. And I think that, yes, men perhaps have a stronger barrier because some people perceive feeling, going into your feelings and experiencing them truly and directly is somehow a weakness. And, of course, we've been trained that if we let down our guard for a second and get weak, then somebody's going to kill us. So so there is, a, I think, an extra layer of challenge for men, generally speaking, but it's pretty much across the board. Yeah. Well, and, I, you know, maybe uh, invite him to start listening to the show and, and get in tune with the movement of the energy and some support. Because yeah, the I other did that. I actually, not having support. I actually, I actually did that yesterday. I, uh, Fabulous. I, uh, but um, his response is, "This is too intellectual." And and then I he, he uh, the phone rang and it was someone that he's in relationship now with now, which is fine with me. But I'm happy he's happy. But. He was gone. He just vacated. He was no longer sitting in his body with me. And uh, he just... Uh, uh, so I, he, uh, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but uh, uh, he said... Basically, he told me to leave. So I left. And uh, then he called a half an hour later and said, don't ever come near me again. So, uh, you know, I... I I I can't help but conclude that some people just don't want a solution. Well, I I think everybody wants a solution. Uh I think the challenge is that many people have done many things that didn't work, and the thought process goes, but I've already tried everything and nothing actually works. So then, you know, things just kind of bounce off. And once they've done so much, and I know that he's done a lot in a lot of arenas, but if you don't find a tool that works and you, you try and you try and you try and you try, it comes to the point, well, this is just not possible. I guess I'm stuck here. And they become stuck there, sadly. Yeah. And I'm, and stuck, loving, I'm stuck loving people who who are stuck and talk about suicide. I mean, it, 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 show, it looks like a pattern of mine. Have you ever have you ever held a newborn child? No. No. I have not. Hmm. Well, let me let me share what that's like. So I had the privilege of getting to be involved in the birth of both of my children. We did that at home. And when I caught my daughter, you know they say that a baby can't focus its eyes for the first several days. Well, my daughter's head delivered, and she laser beamed her eyes into my eyes, totally focused, <laughs> and grinned at me, <laughs> and literally sent me into another dimension. I got to understand what love is, and she was not loving me. She is love. Yeah. You have never loved anybody. You are love. Yeah. They have never loved you. They are love. We play this game of I love them, and it's really a form of attachment through trauma. Hmm. You know, people die. And in this culture, it's like, well, the more wailing and the more crying, then the more you must have loved them. And that's a fraud, actually. The more wailing and the more crying, the more unresolved trauma you had around them. Mm -hmm. So go in and start to resolve that trauma 
And instead of a space of fear, if someone talks about suicide, you become a space of love. Now, instead of loving them, you are the space of active present love. And what active present love does is it dissolves trauma and frees people from things like the only solution I've got in my life is suicide. So it sounds like you're just right there against your next piece of work, and that's pretty awesome. The minute I walked in yesterday, thank you. The minute I walked in yesterday, he began sharing about the fact that he had just uncovered incest. And Mm -hmm. when he and I met 27 years ago, I was I was dealing with with my incest, and Mm -hmm. he he took me on as his project. He was going to be unconditionally loving, and I was the one with the problem. So it was very Mm -hmm. ironic that I sat there as a space of love, uh, sitting across the table from him yesterday, and I didn't say anything. He just he just started talking. So, anyway. And most relationships are based in matching bags of garbage. Mm-hmm. And we get to pull people in who have the issues we have or the match to them and the mm-hmm. opportunity to work through them. Right. And that's absolutely perfect and as it should be. Yeah. So well, it sounds anyway. like he held a space for you for a time period and now you get to hold one from him even though you're not in his No, I don't get to. Because he called a half an hour later and said, don't come near me again. Yeah. Yeah. I think you spoke too quickly. Maybe you let me finish my sentence. Oh, I'm sorry. So, so now you get mm-hmm. to hold the space of love for him, even though right. I only got that far before you jumped in, even <laughs> though he's not in your physical presence. Right. Every right. molecule in the universe is in continuous communication with every molecule in the universe. Yeah. If somebody had been looking down that instance that I shared with this gentleman on my deck and dealing mm-hmm. with 50 years ago, his premature birth and being stuck in a... Right. That what he actually worked through today was that he was stuck in a box and his whole life had been in a box. Oh. That's how he treated his life, that he was breaking oh. out of that box. But, oh. you know, who would, who would think that his sister, 600 miles away, no conversation mm-hmm. in 50 years, would just coincidentally come up with that situation? Mm-hmm. No coincidence. Yeah. Or synchronicity is just that the, all events are connected. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be in his presence Probably what happened is that the fact that you've worked through a lot of that incest stuff, you Uh were a safe space, perhaps Uh even before you got there when you say he just uncovered it, perhaps the fact that you two are connected genetically and you've worked through that much opened a space for him to be able to do that. And in your physiological presence being close, too much energy moving for him, and that's where he says, don't come back. But yeah. chances are that will change as he works through those layers. And they may not, but chances yeah. are they will. Yeah. Yeah, that's the breath that heals. What? That's what, the what breath did you that say? heals. The breath that, that heals. That breath yeah. that you just took, that's the breath yeah. that heals. That's the one that moves right. the energy. You got one. You got right. a good one there. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, uh, how the, about uh, a mind shifter? Yeah. Would you be interested in working in a mind oh, shifter? sure, sure. Let's have one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. It's safe and healing. Mm-hmm. And I stay connected to my being, love, in the presence of people who threaten or actually commit suicide. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's good. Oh, okay, now notice how your breath is restricted there. And it's safe and, and healing. I stay and I stay connected, connected to my being. To my To being. my being, love. Uh-huh. Okay. When people threaten or actually commit suicide. Good. Breathe into it. Breathe into it. That's it. That's the energy you want to move. (laughs) 
So we're here holding the space for you. Just breathe into it. I didn't hear you. What you said? I say we're holding the space. Just breathe into it. Let all that energy move that that mind shifter stirs in you. Yeah. And notice you've got a whole community of people all over the globe who are just holding the space for you right now. in you when you're around people in suicide. It's not loving them at all. It's terror. It's got nothing to do with love. Yeah. It's terror. Yeah. Exactly. It's terror. So now terror. you know you've got worksheets to do on terror. Awesome. Yeah, I, I went to a group thing that I participate in and uh, I noticed right away in the very beginning that I had this sore spot on my neck and one of the facilitators uh, is so open, he just got back from Thailand I told him about it and as soon as I told him that the pain was there I saw that it was fear I saw that it was fear and terror oh Oh. (laughs) it's really time let it go. Yeah. Let it. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Not not hold on to it anymore. Yeah. And and notice that as soon as you went to letting it go, uh-huh. what and, and it this acts like a mind shifter. Uh-huh. And the idea of a mind shifter is to bring things up. So notice that as soon as you went to letting it go. Your mind went to a conversation about holding on to it. Uh, it denies holding on to it, but the conversation is holding on to it. You mean observing the physical pain? Is that no, no. Uh, what I'm inviting you to, to observe and to notice is that yes. you got a, a clear thought of, I need to let go of this. Yeah. And that's kind of like a mind shifter that stimulates things. And what was stimulated next was holding on to it. Oh, you yeah, went into, just, oh, not holding yeah. on to it, but the word not doesn't mean anything. It's still got to do with holding on to it. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, just happened. So like, as you notice that. Yeah. 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 I hear you. Uh, okay. So, uh, uh, so the option is to just stay with, uh, stay, stay with what? What's the word? Whatever's moving in you. Yes. Terror. And then start doing worksheets on terror around suicide. Yeah. So what yeah. might that look like? Well, gee, I want this person to live. Yeah, gee, right. I want this person to care enough. Exactly. Yeah, my dad committed suicide. I wanted yeah. my dad to heal instead of commit suicide. I wanted my dad to be there. I wanted my dad to be free of pain. I wanted him to be in joy and aliveness. They'd all be worksheets that will relate and and support you in moving through this energy around suicide. They're all the files that are connected. And the idea of the mind shifter, and for anybody who isn't familiar with the mind shifter and you heard what I gave him and said, well, that's nuts. The idea of a mind shifter is to provide a frequency to the mind because the mind works by resonance that stimulates whatever's there. And so notice how effectively it works. Up came all that grief and, and terror. And so now, oh, there's the next piece of work I have to do. I'd suggest you take that mind shifter, you turn your phone off, and you spend two hours. The split page, write the mind shifter on the left-hand side, everything comes up on the right, and you'll come up with a whole list of worksheets to do. And that will okay. be the next level of your work. All right. Good. Thank you very awesome. much. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Fabulous. We hold space. Thank you. All right, young lady. Have a blessed one. Okay. Aloha. (laughs) All right. right. Well, we've got about uh, 15 minutes, so we've still got time for more conversations. It's interesting that word aloha 
is pretty much identical to the word Rachma in Aramaic. And uh, I believe that the Hawaiians were one of the lost tribes. And uh, interesting how until the more warlike tribes showed up, the Hawaiians in Hawaii lived in peace with each other. They didn't do war. They didn't do all that crazy stuff until the, uh, the warring tribes from the south came in. And to, to learn to live, you know, in this warlike world with the active presence of love is quite a piece of work. It's quite a challenge to do. And that's what we're here to support people doing. So if we can support you, whatever's going on in your world, we'd love for you, if you're on the phone, to, uh, to push one. Say hello to us. What's happening in your world? How can we support you? How can we enhance your practice of the, the tools of forgiveness? Call in number, 646-200-4169. And if you are in the phone queue and you push one, that will raise a little hand, and through the magic, tech, magic of technology, Gene will know that you want to speak to us. We have a hand up. In the phone queue. Oh, great. Let's say hello. Fabulous. Area code 541. You're on the air. Is Julie? Five four one. You're on the air. Give us a minute. Hey there, young lady. Hello. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are fine. things out there in the you? far west? Now, we're rocking. They're really. Oh, we are. We are having the best summer in such a long time. There's no nice. smoke from fires, and we have temperatures. And and since you asked, um, wherever you are in the world. But this, yeah. We lost you there for a minute. If you could repeat that. Oh, sorry. Ha, ha, ha. I stand in my spot. Is this good? Is this good? Yes, we got you Hello? there. Hello? Okay. Well, I don't need to talk. I just wanted to say hi and actually mention that um, your forgiveness, um, you did a forgiveness piece a week ago Monday, and the Miracles Monday, and you did Lesson 134, and um, I texted you that I was going to share it with my Course in Miracles group, and um, I so I invited them that night, and then last night I brought my speakers and forgot my computer, <laughs> so I, so but I I got everybody a little more interested in it, so they're looking forward to it, and. Um, we'll be hearing it next week. I'm going to play it for them the entire hour. And so to me, it's that valuable, um, and I'm recommending it to any of the other listeners um, who are familiar with The Course in Miracles. It's Lesson 134, and it says, Let me perceive forgiveness as it is. And, uh, Michael, I just thank you again and again for, for your precise and truthful uh, offerings of all the people I've known as gurus or whatever good teachers you know you just you don't pull any punches you you don't compre- you you keep your integrity about teaching the truth and there are no compromises and yet you're gentle and kind and um, help help us focus on what you the space that you can hold and focus for us with us I mean and so, anyway, I just really appreciate that about you and just wanted you to know. Well, thank That's you for it. that acknowledgement and thank you for passing it on. The ultimate goal is to make it available to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. So, thanks for moving along. That's awesome. Okay. And, you know, have you heard of another book that has come through two years ago? It's called A Course on Love or A Course of Love. And I have, yes. Similarly. Yeah, I never heard of it until just a few weeks ago this summer. So um, anyway, that's an interesting exploration for me too. So uh, Roma, I really appreciate your contributions on the show. Um, They're awesome. You're awesome. I hope to meet you someday. Um, I feel your wholeheartedness and your whole being contributing to this family. And um, so I'm very grateful for you. 
also. And now I think I'm complete. <laughs> That's enough for me now. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Have a blessed day. Lots of love. All right. You too. You too. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. 646-200-4169 is our number. We'd love to hear your sweet voice. Share with us what's happening in your world. How can we support you? What can we do to enhance your ability to carry on with your work as you move through your process? And, of course, everybody's process is unique and individual. No two of us are the same. And doing the work of your process, cleaning out the clouds. Yes, sweetie. Okay, I got a text from Tracy, and she says, I'm confused on the mind shifter directions because I heard Michael say something just now that I didn't quite catch after the last caller. Have him repeat what he said about writing on the left side and the right side. Thank you. I can't wait to see you August 29th. Okay, cool. So first of all, a little more detail on mind shifters. A mind shifter is a thought about an issue in your life around which you have negative thoughts. And it's the opportunity to surface, process, and release the negative thoughts. And the way that it works is recognizing that the mind works through resonance. That is, if I say don't think about the color of your car, the brain cells are going to fire because I set up a frequency with my voice. I actually didn't say any words. I set up a frequency with my voice that moved air molecules. It hit some little hairs in your ear, and those hairs moving create a vibration and you have a bone that moves, it creates an electrochemical frequency in your brain, and brain cells fire, resonance. Don't think about the color of your car. Energy transfer, color of your car, brain cells fire. What's your favorite item of clothing? What's your favorite food? What's the front door of your house look like? That's all stored in brain cells. And what you have to do in order to become aware of it is add energy to those brain cells so they resonate and fire at a higher level. Their amplitude goes up. So the idea of a mind shifter is to pick a thought that is a frequency that will stimulate that which we've been hiding from ourselves. And the way you use it is you split the page in two, draw a line down, you know, a little to the left of center. You write the mind shifter on the left-hand side of the page, and then everything that comes up in response to it. So with, um, with what we just did with Roma, she'd write that mind shifter, and then what would come up? Gee, you know, my dad committed suicide. Whoa, terror, too. So you, you write the mind shifter, and, and what you do, I suggest that people take a period of at least two hours, make sure all distractions are shut down, they're totally focused, and start to write, and just let themselves drop deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into the hidden parts of the mind. You know, it's been pretty well established in the world of psychology that 90 to 95% of our mental processes are unconscious. If we stay in 90 to 95% unconsciousness, then our creative process is unconscious, and we wonder why things come and bite us in the butt. You go back to the ancient Aramaic, it says, take care of the heart, and that's just a code word for the unconscious, for out of it are the issues in life. And I talk about that physical organ. They're saying, take care that dissociated mind or that unconscious mind, because that's what creates the issues in your life. That's what the, where the creative power and impetus is. And so rather than keeping that hidden from myself, I want to intensify. I want to crank up the amplitude of those brain cells so I can go, oh, now I'm conscious of that. Gee, I didn't know that was there. And now I know what my next worksheet is. So spend two hours and do a brain dump. Just write that mind shifter and everything that comes up on the other side, everything. I mean everything. People say, well, what if I have a positive side? Everything. Well, what if I have an itch in my nose? Everything. What do I do? Write everything? Yeah, you write everything. So you've got a record of everything, and then when you're complete, you go back in a conscious state and go through it and go, oh, oh, I didn't know that was there. Wow. Oh, gee, that really bothered my ankle. Hmm. That must be where that energy stored. So I become conscious of what I was previously unconscious of. And when, as the active presence of love, I bring conscious awareness to those unconscious dynamics, I heal. That's all. So that's the idea of using a mind shifter and the way to use it. So I hope that uh, cleans it up and clears it up for you. 
And if there's any other question about it, send Ginny another text. In the meantime, uh, let's see, we've got about uh, five minutes. So we've got time for one good question, if anybody's got one there. And if not, then perhaps, Jeannie, uh, you want to talk a little bit about what you're doing in Michigan in September. It looks like that's uh, pretty much confirmed with the number of people that you've got registered already. So that's awesome that you're going to be on that in uh, February, or pardon me, in February and September. So maybe uh, talk about that a little bit for us. Sure. Uh, And the flyer and actually more pictures and and things, and if you'll mute, Michael. Um, Yes. All of that is is on the website, but we're going to start, this is up in uh, Williamson, Michigan, on Thursday, September the 15th at 5, we're, we are, uh, okay, Tracy just sat back and said that was great. Thank you so much. So um, we're going to start with the women's intensive, four days, starts at 5 o'clock on Thursday, September 15th, and goes to 1 o'clock on Sunday, September the 18th. And we have room for four more women to stay residentially in the house with us. We have room for six commuters. So if someone lives close enough that they can commute back and forth or if they want to do a hotel room, which, of course, is extra. And um, uh, we're excited about it. We're going to do raw food and... um, 20-some hours of class. We're going to be covering relationships and power person and codependence, and we're particularly going to cover women's issues around uh, physical, mental, spiritual abuse and how to move past that into a productive life and to quit letting and to, instead of that, running our life based on the experience, that we can step above that and that we can move forward. And so we're going to focus a lot on that. So if you're interested in doing that, you need to sign up sooner than later. It's definitely going to happen. And uh, like I said, we have room for four more residential. Fabulous. And anybody that's ready for a nine-day, why is this happening to me again? We've got a very small group with the fact that we haven't been on the road. Very small group at Heartland, so you'd certainly be welcome. We'd have space for you to come and be with us. We start Sunday night, uh, nine-day Why is this happening to me again? We'll cover why is this happening to me again? Healing through relationships, communication. Did you hear what I think I said? Purpose, personal power, and commitment. Empowered to heal, mind shifters, hands-on energy field work, and still point breathing. That's what will take place in that nine days and all fresh and raw food and a very vitalizing dietary regimen and a lot of process work. So if you're ready to jump in and do that, we'd be delighted to have you here and Then we'll actually have a day or two off, and we'll do a three-day training on the uh, personal code evaluation for those who are about teaching this work. And uh, then we'll be doing a 16-day. I think we start on the 29th of the month. We do a 16-day laws of living, next level of work for a lot of folks. So so if you want to join us for any of those, either of those uh, two intensives, or if you're going to be teaching the uh, three-day work with the personal code evaluation, that would be awesome. Otherwise, we're down to the last minute or so. We'll just say that we hold the space and we appreciate you being here. If this show's been meaningful to you, there's an MP3 available immediately after the show. Download it, save it on your computer, put it on your phone, attach it to an email, and send it to somebody. It changes lives, and that's what we're here to do. Support lives changing in the direction of every mind, heart, and being, really, truly realizing that they are the active presence of love, and we can live that way. Thank you, Dr. Tim, for your support. Michelle, Jeannie and everybody that plays with us. We appreciate you. We hold you in a blessing. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the Internal Aramaic Process of Forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael, myself, or Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.why, 
A-G-A-I-N dot org. <laughs>